if you find something comes naturally to you no matter what it is something comes with ease to you and you have like interest and engagement and curiosity and ideas that stuff coming to you to show you where you should be channeling your energy and letting go of that other stuff is not easy but yeah you can follow your dreams and it's so much it's so much more fulfilling to know no matter what's going to happen that you chose you because you know that story the people on their deathbed their regrets it's never what they mm-hmm. did it's what they didn't do and the biggest thing was doing things to please others instead of following their own heart Welcome to Soul Sisters Get Real, the show that goes deep in who we really are and why we are really here. We're your hosts, Karen from the States and Eleni from Australia. We've had heartfelt conversations as soul sisters for years and we're ready to share our truths, stories and life lessons with you and to inspire you to connect to your truest essence, which resides deep within your soul. There'll be tears, there'll be laughter, and there'll be no holding back. So sit back, relax, and let's get real about the things that truly matter. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. We're so excited because today we're going to be talking all about life's purpose and how to connect to it, how to see the synchronicities. Our guest today is Ali Ammo. Ali has written a book called Detangling the Web of Life and she was given her life's purpose at the age of 15 and here she is now serving this purpose. Really excited to find out all about this. Welcome Ali. Hi, wherever you're listening from in the world and I hope you're having a great day and if not, I hope this makes your day. And of course, our soul sister Karen's here as well. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) So let's go right back to when you were 15 years old and you said that uh, you, you told me earlier that you were basically given your life's purpose at the age of 15. So how did that happen, Ali? So unlike a lot of people who search for their purpose later on in life, mine just came as what I call a quadruple hit randomly, unexpectedly when I was 15. So um, this was in the early 2000s and back then it was all about burning CDs and listening to music through live uh, streaming services and I was in love with this song by a group called Stained and it's called It's Been a While. If you hear it, you'll remember it. It was sort of a popular song of theirs, but it was a bit heavy metal, which is not really my style. And a friend of mine had their album and so instead of burning me a CD of just the single, she burnt me the album. So I was in my bedroom with my little CD player at 15 years old just opening a CD that I got from a friend and when I opened it it was obviously not a album case it was just a plain white case and I've opened it and it was a gold CD and I've just read the name of the group and the name of the title of the album and I read Stained and nothing happened and as soon as I read Break the Cycle out of nowhere I call it a quadruple hit 
So mind, body, soul, spirit, everything just hit all at once. It was very intense and very powerful. I even lost sense of time. This could have gone on for 10 minutes or 10 seconds. I wouldn't have known any different. And so my mind was overtaken with these thoughts that came in like sentence form and the feeling in my my chest was in like the most intense, deep knowingness you could possibly imagine and the fire in my belly that I felt like that soul connection and spiritually, like my whole body was tingling and I felt the pins and needles and goosebumps and the sensation of being tickled just from head to toe. And the information I got was break the title, uh, break the cycle is the title of your book. You're going to be an author. And so I was just like, whoa, because I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what break the cycle was. The last thing I was thinking about was writing a book. So I just kind of thought, okay. And whenever it wore off, I started listening to the album from, pardon me, from start to finish, which is not something I'd usually do, let alone with a group of heavy metal music bands sort of thing. And that I wasn't only looking for an album, I was just looking for a song. And I listened to the whole thing and I interpreted it very differently because it kind of told me a story. And then from then on, everything I started paying attention to, seeing and hearing, I was looking for information. What does that mean? Break the cycle. But I'll leave it there. <laughs> that was a big intro to a purpose. <laughs> awesome. And so just before this happened, did you have any kind of connection to spirituality? Because you, you mentioned that you felt the tingling through your body and all the rest of it. Did you actually, what would you, would you describe that you were a spiritual person or not? I can't, I can't recall anything major. Um, I did have sort of hits of clairvoyance young, but I didn't see it that way. I just spoke from a place of knowingness, not knowing what it was. And I would just say things in my household about what was going to happen. And I was always sort of brushed off or um, sometimes even criticized and put down. And it wasn't like, oh, you were right. Whenever it eventuated, it was just their own interpretation of my information, if that made sense. But I'd never had anything that powerful up until, until that point. So I have this question for you, Ali, which is with everything that you've said, you come across as someone who is, you knew your purpose from a very early age, which is quite unusual, and you just were steadfast, committed, dedicated, and you're following that purpose no matter what. Whereas my experience with following my purpose is that there's been a lot of fear and I've had the fear and like Susan Jeffers in her wonderful book, you know, um, follow the fear and do it anyway, um, says I just did it anyway, but I still felt it. And it's the fear in terms of letting go of the old and stepping into the new is really, really strong. So tell me, have you experienced fear when stepping into the new and following your purpose? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it wasn't just fear that I felt. It was fear that was put on me or inflicted on me by others. 
the the main sort of thing that stands out because my my background's half Greek, half Italian. And so my Italian side, so my nonna's the grandmother and nonna's sister was a nun at the Vatican and used to cook for one of the previous popes. So Catholicism and Christianity is super strong on one side of my family and my whole life my nonna's been trying to entice me, I suppose, or present me with religion and wasn't that I was allergic to it, but I'm more holistic. I'd I'd rather not just read the Bible. I read all of the religious texts and look for the similarities in each. But one day she gave me, I think it was a bookmark or just a little, you know, have the, the little cards about the, the saints or whatever, and it was about Mary. And it told the story of Mary being informed spiritually that she was going to be have a huge role in her life and I don't think she was told what Jesus would be but it was sort of the premise that you're going to do something that changes the world and it's it's a big role that you need to play and she felt scared when I read this I didn't just read it with my mind, my body read it and I was like, I started quivering and it was very strange and I'm thinking, am I connecting with her experience? What's happening here? And it, I realised that this is me. I realised that it's I'm being spoken to through things, through songs, through the written word, through things that come through other people and when you're told that, you're, you have a, a purpose purpose that's going to have a big impact, it doesn't come like, oh, sweet, I'm just going to rock this and this is all going to work out for me. It's like, what? Can I even do this? Who am I? Like, you know what I mean? What is it? What are you talking about? And I had this fear, like, I can't do this and this isn't who I am and I didn't know what it was. What's a book going to do? What's Break the Cycle even mean? You know what I mean? So it was other really random things that not instilled the fear in me but brought it up. But to be honest, if you don't feel fear, what are you, a robot? You know what I mean? You, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an emotion that you need to experience and when you're faced with a strong emotion like fear, instead of creating a negative cycle with it, if you spend the time to allow that energy to move through you, physically in your body but mentally tap into that emotion and question yourself you'd be surprised what you can learn and 90 percent of the time the fear has nothing to do with you it's what will my parents think and what will my family think and what will my friends say and I don't have the 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 degrees or the tickets or the support or the qualifications to back me on this and who am I I'm no expert and this is something that even some of the people that we look up to experienced in their life. It's very normal, very typical. But if you feed that energy, you just start spiraling around some silly bug that doesn't belong in your web and stops you from living with ease and flow. So every time you feel fear, you really need to think it through because not feel it through and feed it more energy think it through because the Mm -hmm. ideas that brought up that fear probably weren't even yours to begin with. But fear is normal and natural. 
You should always think before you jump off a cliff into water, even though someone's done it a million times. All it takes is one person to hit a rock or hit too hard or hit the wrong direction. You need to, you, fear is, is your safeguard, but it shouldn't be a safe zone that you live in where you stop yourself from living because then you will never have the best life you can possibly have. Exactly. I love what you said, that it is natural. We're supposed to have fear because it keeps us safe. It keeps our physical body safe and it's okay to feel it, feel it, but know that, you know, what is it that you're actually afraid of? Like you said, are you afraid of being thought less than? Are you, uh, are you afraid of people's perceptions of you, of your standing in the community, of where you now fit in the hierarchy? And we've just got to let that go. We've just got to let all that stuff go because that's, that's not what we're here to do. We're here to speak our truth. And we have this desire for perfection a lot of the fear comes down to the fear of not being perfect and the fear of making a mistake, the fear of not being good enough or not doing a good enough job or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's a very interesting that at that young age, you knew that was a message that was coming for you that you were going to remember for the rest of your life. And then what happened? Like, what did you do with that? For me, the things that I wanted to do in life in many ways kind of led me down that path. And it was funny because I was thinking about it uh, yesterday. When you have a purpose, it's not like you're given something that's outside of your comfort zone or outside of your passion itself. It kind of aligns. And when I say kind of, it completely aligns. So when I was a little kid, you know how a lot of the stereotypical girl play with Barbie sort of thing? I never had Barbie. My thing, and it sounds kind of ridiculous for a, a young child to be doing this, my thing was having teddy bears. And every night after my parents went to sleep, I'd take the teddy bears out of the toy box and I'd set them up in like a little auditorium fashion at the end of my bed and give them speeches. For hours and be taught I don't know what about but that was sort of my fun and what I would do late at night so the idea of writing a book about something that is massive in the world and the idea of presenting that in the world is something that I used to do as a kid without batting an eyelid and the choices I started making after age 15 all followed my passion followed my bliss followed my natural skill set and joy. And I made the decision, for example, when I got to university, instead of going down the road of psychology, because I'm not sure of everybody's background, but when you study particular fields, you are sort of ingrained and embedded with particular belief systems in that field. And I didn't want anything to cloud my thinking or my perspective. So instead of going down the road of psychology, I thought if I'm going to be writing a book and if I'm going to be teaching people how to break cycles, I should do teaching and start with children because they need those right foundational steps. But I always knew when I did those two degrees that it was a stepping stone. It was not my forever job. Mm, I love that you knew and that you would just... And so every decision was based on your purpose. Like for me, 
I was well and truly entrenched in the matrix. And by matrix, I mean, you know, the world as we see it and not necessarily as it is, which is, you know, let's go, let's climb the the um, the ladder. Yeah. Let's get the best possible pay. Let's get that promotion. And as a result, um, I was 22 years in corporate um, from doing that. And interestingly, you said that you didn't choose psychology because you didn't want to cloud your judgment. I actually used to read psychology books um, like as, as a hobby in high school, but I didn't do psychology at university because um, I got into commerce and majored in economics because I thought, well, psychologists don't get good money. So this is the way I, you were thinking about life's purpose back then. And I was thinking about money, thinking that, you know, I've just got to do what I've got to do to get the most money. And so instead of doing the psychology degree, which I would have loved to have done, I did the commerce degree, major in economics and commercial law and was all the way in corporate life for 22 years before I came out of there and, and studied hypnotherapy. Mm. But, and I always thought, you know, it would have been so much easier if I had done psychology to begin with, but no, the path is perfect just the way it is because it served me in other ways that you don't see until later on. And so, but with you, you had this like, okay, this, this, um, this is my path. I need to make sure that I make choices, you know, with, with this, with this path. And so with people listening and, um, you know, where they're trying to think about, well, what's my life's purpose? One thing I want to point out is something you said before, Ali, which is when you when you were given the CD and you heard the words and then you heard the words again, it was this, you were told, so it was like a three, You it was three times that you had this, four times that you were actually told again and again and again and again. So talk about that in terms of, you know, how people can watch out for messages from their spirit guides, from another realm, so that they too can be more mindful about the choices they make. Well, another thing that happened consistently thereafter that I have to point out is that whenever I heard the phrase break the cycle from then on, I'd get this fire in my belly and to me, it felt like jealousy and fear, like jealousy, like they're talking about my thing and the fear like, oh, my gosh, someone's going to beat me to my thing because I didn't understand what it was that I was meant to be talking about, what it was that I was going to uncover and what I was meant to put out there in the world. And you also have to think about the fact that I was 15 in like 2003 so being an author back then, what that meant, there was no self-publishing. It was all traditional publishing. And you made money by traveling around and doing um, talks and signing and things. I didn't think about the money. I just knew that if I followed that path, the rest of the rainforest or mm -hmm. the wherever I was going, it would unveil itself to me. And a lot of people wish that they had some major momentary experience like that to put them on their path. And the truth is it comes more in the form of that secondary thing I just discussed, the inner feelings. And they're small, like the niggling, you know, that concept of niggling. 
So to give you a great example, for the last two to three months, I've been talking to my neighbour and her background is in personal training, which she hates with passion and never wants to go back to again. She's currently in a managerial role in the health space and hates it with passion. So every day she's feeding more negative energy to something that's giving her negative energy and she's dying to get out but feels fearful to leave. And that is obviously a very common experience and something I think everyone can relate to. Even at your best job that you ever had, you had that moment where you realised it's time to go. But letting go in that situation and knowing which direction to take is where you get to fulfill your dreams and achieve your destiny and follow that purpose of yours. And when it comes to her, I said, what's your thing? And you know, Will and Grace, she's a Grace Adler. So she's an interior designer and a decorator. That is her motivation. That is what would keep her up at night with so much joy and excitement and energy and power in the creative space. That's that's her jam, you know what I mean? That's her soul's path. But to put her on that path and get her to follow that comes up all the questions. And she knows. When I said to her, so what are you going to do? Why don't you visualise your ideal job your situation you should start your own business doing what you love because to be honest wouldn't you rather fail at that worst case scenario than succeed in this job that you hate and cannot wait to get out of makes no sense and she said oh I'm thinking of going to study and doing physio um and I'm like whoa what are you doing to yourself but I know what she's doing and I know what she's thinking and it's safe and it's secure and oh but she said it's helping people I said it's not helping you if you're not doing it from the most lit up place, you, you'll, you'll burn out. I said, my poor physio, his whole body's a wreck from helping other people. He's not, you know, fully healed and in perfection and you're not going to be in alignment if you're not going to keep following this path. And then she started, oh, yeah, you can design like luxury yachts and all of that sort of stuff. I'm like, yeah. But getting her to let go of that past and all of the beliefs, mm. that's a cycle within itself. And you've got to reflect on the relationships around you because I'm sorry, Eleni, but I don't believe that your opinion about your corporate life came from you. Those ideas and the beliefs attached to them were entrenched into your psyche via Ikoyenya, the family, right? The familia, mm. they mean well, mm. but. They're from a completely different generation, but those beliefs have been cycling down for generations. You know that stereotypical, you've got to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, otherwise give up, don't bother. And if you're going to do anything in the art world, artists, the most famous artists in the world die poor. You know what I mean? They give you those stories. You're an artist, you paint, what are you going to do with yourself? What? Are, how are you going to pay your bills? And that fear just mounts on people and so they stay stagnant and they stay stuck and they do things they put themselves in suits in cubicles in places that you that they hate and for what it's for other mm -hmm. people's joy and you're not following your path which means the collective consciousness we're not expanding as individual people let alone rising up as individuals and expanding the collective consciousness of the planet if everybody followed their heart instead of their mind, imagine where we'd be in this world. 
you got to listen to yourself yeah. and not other people. It's not easy. I wanted to mention, first of all, if you are listening to this from the United States, a physio is a physical therapist. And I learned that. So I wanted to bring that up for those of you that was like, what is a physio? <laughs> that is a physical therapist. And uh, the other point I wanted to actually mention is that I, from a very young age, I would say maybe eight years old, wanted to be a psychologist. And I knew that if I went to school as a psychologist at what we call college or university, that it would be more than a four-year degree. And so my intention was to go ahead and get my master's degree so that I could see people as a therapist. And it's crazy because I really enjoyed it. And just a few years ago, I looked back and I thought, I'm a hypnotherapist. I'm not a psychologist. I do have a degree in psychology. And what I love is that was my life's path. That was my desire. Ooh. And I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do. And it brings me a lot of joy because I was able to actually follow that path. So. Um, yeah, so just part of that, you know, knowing what it is that does light you up and that lights me up. The thing is with that, you know, is that they're all unique paths. And yes, Ali, it's true that, you know, my beliefs that I had to do corporate and I had to do this job and I had to get this amount of sal salary is all conditioning and it's all programming. It's all, but it's all part of my unique path because it brought something to me that I'm now offering later on. As an example, when I was a hypnotherapist and I was seeing CEOs and I was seeing businessmen, I could talk their language because I knew exactly what they were going through. Whereas if I didn't have that path, I wouldn't have been able to. And so everything is just perfect. There are no mistakes in the universe. You were, you, you were given you know, your life's purpose at age 15 and I sort of stumbled onto my life's purpose. <laughs> later on and it's all perfect like wherever you are I just want to give the message to you that's listening out there that wherever you are and whatever you're doing if you're thinking oh yeah but I'm still stuck in this nine to five job whatever it's like wherever you are at this moment is absolutely perfect and it's going to serve you in the next moment just know that you always have a choice in every moment to create your future Absolutely. Yeah. The thing that sort of that I feel very, very strongly when it comes to both of your situations, I grew up hearing it. You grew up amongst it. That box of hypnotherapy mm -hmm. for you guys growing up when you guys were 15 and et cetera, that was a box you only ticked if you were, what do they used to call those people? Like hippies and woo-woo and the crazy, like, you know what I mean? It was that kind of box. It was the equivalent of you saying, I'm, I'm a psychic, I'm a spiritualist, I'm a medium. Like you, the way you were believed to be, it wasn't an option for you, but it was like the no. closest box you could tick to get into that zone and that realm was the one that you went for. And to do what you guys do now, you need to have an understanding of the psychology of people, but the, see how you both, it was a hobby as well. That's a huge mm -hmm. sign. People make money out of hobbies now. I feel sorry for those parents who are telling their children, stop playing video games. You're never going to make money from that. Put the console down and pick up a book, leave the remote, let, let it go. Because there are kids that are millionaires from playing video games. They didn't listen to those mm -hmm. around them and look at where you can go with even the most basic things. All the arts are coming up. 
all of this woo-woo hippie stuff is just going gangbusters at the moment because people are connecting deeply with themselves. So those things, I used to see it with kids. If you find something comes naturally to you, no matter what it is, something comes with ease to you and you have like interest and engagement and curiosity and ideas, that stuff coming to you to show you where you should be channeling your energy and letting go of that other stuff is not easy, but yeah, you can follow your dreams and it's so much work. It's so much more fulfilling to know no matter what's going to happen that you chose you because you know that story the people on their deathbed their regrets it's never what they Mm -hmm. did it's what they didn't do and the biggest thing was doing things to please others instead of following their own heart and desires so absolutely I love that so it's not what you didn't do it's what you did do yes yes so I am crazy curious to hear how your life played out and when you started writing your book and what your book is truly about. Okay, so, oh, where do I begin? Well, the book's not actually called Break the Cycle. I, As time progressed, more sort of information came and not always through me. Um, the knowingness hits came sometimes as sentences and um for example, when I was 18, so this is three, three years later, I was talking to my auntie and I said, it's sort of like a life Bible. I can't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, no matter what you're going through in your life, there's a section you can go to and it explains how to, how to deal with it. And yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge book. Cause how am I going to do that? That sounds insane. And she went, Ali, I think it needs to be a series bang got the hit yes like yes it needs to be a series so I'm thinking all right break the cycle series and my books actually I've got Ben to throw me a copy detangling the web of life the complete guide to understanding you and everyone else and so the entire philosophy of the web of life wasn't a factor in my equation and I didn't know until in my mid-20s after my after my marriage, actually, that all of that information came to me. But within that philosophy came figuring out how cycles are made and how cycles are broken. So the Break the Cycle series is yet to come. Yet to come. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm interested in, Ali, is in, you know, in your, in your web of life, you talked about bugs. Oh, yeah. So what would be an example of a bug? all right so I'll try and make this quick for you so the bug is actually the core experience that started a cycle so a bug can be anything it can be the things like sexual abuse domestic violence an affair um, a teacher calling you something a parent or a friend or a family anybody calling you something those names any core wound that you have, that primary experience is the bug. So a trigger. So what's well, coming up for me is like, that's what I call triggers. Okay. So for me, the bug itself may not necessarily be a trigger, but as you're trying to weave around your web for the rest of your life, when you have an experience that triggers the bug, the memory of that core experience, instead of weaving around your web with ease and flow, you start spiraling around that bug. And that's when your mental, emotional, and physical cycles start coming out firing. And so you mm-hmm. end up 
creating a little cocoon around that bug and you'd be surprised how much more it gets triggered from even simple, mundane, completely non-connected things just because you're giving it so much more energy feeding that negativity rather than the positivity you need to heal it and break the cycle attached to it. But yeah. I love it. And I was, cause I was wondering, but your book's called Detangling the Web of Life. But the thing is, it doesn't matter that you didn't call it break the cycle because you still were on path with that notion of, okay, it's all, it's all going to be about breaking the cycle. That's what it's going to be about. That's what the theme is about. And so it still sets you on the right path. And so what are some of the synchronicities that occurred that sort of assured you that you were on the right path? Sometimes it wasn't like a hug. It came as like a strong emotional hit. So you, you left a corporate job. I left job security for life as a primary school teacher um, in New South Wales, in Sydney, Australia. And I decided I was going to travel full time so that I could write my book. And that was my way of taking leave from a job that I knew no longer served me. I could serve it for the rest of my life, but the amount of people that I could impact was this, and I'm looking for a planetary impact, if that makes sense. So yeah, the timing, thank you to the universe, tended to align with COVID. So I'd decided March 2020 was when I was going to leave. It was indefinitely as far as I was concerned, but as far as the Department of Education was concerned, it was for two, maybe three years max. But from February, early, late January, sorry, onwards, the world started shutting down. And so one day everyone just assumed, oh, if she can't leave the country, she's not leaving teaching. But what they didn't know was that for months leading up to this, I decided to start digitizing all of my handwritten notes. And this is about 17 years worth of sometimes I'm in a restaurant talking to a girlfriend over drinks or whatever, and something would come to me like, you need to write this down. And with Uh, you call it a napkin, we call it a serviette, and I'd ask a waiter for a pen and I'd jot something down on basically tissue paper, Um, little notes in books, little post-its, scrap pieces of paper, all of these things that I put together over those years. And some of it mattered, some of it didn't, but I had no way in time to ever sort it. So I'd come home from my, you call it nine to five, (laughs) for teaching it's nine to three, and after doing my gym and, you know, shower and dinner, I would get into it. And there was this huge box that I had of notes. And so I would just pull one out at a time and I would type it up by hand. And I would find that what come from that, just that, you know, that fire in your belly feeling. You want to talk about your soul singing? My soul was like singing Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys. (laughs) And I would be doing this all night and I didn't want to stop and I didn't want to sleep and I didn't want to go to work the next day, but I had to go to work the next day. And sometimes I wouldn't sleep because I just didn't want to stop that, that the energy was just nonstop. It, it, It was fueled basically. And I'd have to stop because, oh, my alarm went off because I've got to get ready to go 
put my teacher hat on and go do my nine to three thing. But this happened repeatedly for months. And there were days where I'm just like, I'm not going to work today. I've worked 24 hours straight right now. And I need to take that time for me. And that passion told me, oh, goodness, this is this is the goodness. And this is what's what you're supposed to be doing. And so when the world started shutting down, one day I was on duty in the playground and some random little girl come up to me and she said, ha ha, Mrs. Ammo, you're stuck here with us. You can't travel. So you're going to stay being a teacher and everything. It was this random eight-year-old girl, but everything in my power was like, no, I'm not. And I felt that and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I'm not, I'm not. All right. All right. So when I sat down with my boss and she's trying to figure out what's going to happen with me for the rest of the year, I just went, sorry, um, I might not be able to travel, but I'm still taking the leave. And other than a few casual days at the end of that year at another school randomly, just for the money side of it, I started writing and putting, after I digitized, I started writing, but knowing that the Break the Cycle series was coming um, eventually I started with all of the 17 years worth of info, putting it into what, what would go into breaking the cycles of beliefs based off my web of life philosophy. These are the eight fundamental elements, but putting, you know, breaking the cycles of beliefs, breaking the cycles of relationships, breaking the cycles of experiences, breaking the cycles of environment, breaking the cycles of childhood, breaking the cycles of energy, breaking the cycles of science. But when you try to write nine books at once, bad idea and I already had the philosophy of the web of life in its entirety um except for some of the stuff with break the cycle to be honest um how cycles are made and broken hadn't fully came came to me yet but having that time off really helped everything gel together and so the catalyst to me writing this first book oh it's going to bring up emotion and it will trigger some emotion in people but I um I felt pregnant early in midway through 2021 wasn't on my trajectory wasn't on wasn't my intention but I was going to go with it even though to make the decision to not stay with the partner rendered me a single mother and the 12-week scan came back not only down syndrome but cystic hygroma and so mm-hmm. i was unaware up until very late on but that's cysts in the lymphatic system and this poor soul had one here and one here that makes physical deformities but because it's in the lymphatic system severely affected the health of the baby and the possibility for life really and so I was faced with this decision to have a baby that was going to have disability that seemed quite severe at the time, significant health issues and medical problems that may not have gone the full length of pregnancy and everything was just up in the air 50-50. We don't know if you're going to have this baby. If you do, we don't know if the baby's going to be born alive. We don't know if it's going to last more than a few days or a few weeks the chances of child leukemia are in the 80s. All the statistics were just, yeah. And I'm someone who struggles to 
kill a bug, to put it that way. Everything's a living being. I was going to go ahead with this, but to weigh up having this soul and going running that gauntlet not knowing what was going to happen, I knew if I committed to this and lost the baby, I didn't know what that would do to me. But I also knew that if that soul survived, I would not care about anyone or anything on this planet more. And everything in my dreams and my destiny would be pushed back, if not off the table, because I had a baby that needed me and had nobody else. And so the ultimate decision came down to what I knew I came to planet earth for and I sought a spiritualist for advice so my meditation teacher my Reiki master a gifted medium and a gifted psychic that were in my friendship group and like the soul family they all went to this one particular woman for their healing and their insight and I went and spoke to her and even she told me there's a possibility that you're going to lose this child and you need to be prepared for that. And I just don't think you can ever really be prepared for that. But she also told me about our past life connections, which to me was the most interesting part because the last time we incarnated together, I was the child with the disability and this soul was the mother. And I was also told that if it doesn't happen right now, that's okay, no matter what, this soul's coming back to you. And that was sort of mm -hmm. the solace that I needed to make the most difficult decision of my entire life. And so I gave birth at 16 weeks, end of November 2021. And with the ashes in my hands, I realised if I don't make this first book happen just because I gave up this soul to help the souls that are already alive and follow my destiny, I'm basically not going anywhere. I'm going in circles and spiraling around my own web. I need to actually push myself to get that first book out there and get this show on the road. So it was actually in memory of this soul um, that I started to put the first book together. And it, I was due Mother's Day, Australia Mother's Day, the next year, which was the 8th of May. My birthday is the 11th. And the author retreat that I started the book on was on my birthday so everything just lined up perfectly and the book was written in just over a year and I just had my book launch on Sunday and I'm so grateful to that soul for coming into my experience because it was literally the kick up the butt I needed to be like stop doing all of it just do something major start it and then all of it will fall into place so very grateful mm. and yeah it was an amazing mm. experience as heartbreaking as it was yeah I, I you know what I love Ali is that you know you really honored that soul you know it, it you didn't just flippantly make a decision and you also considered every aspect of the situation like from a higher perspective not from a fear perspective but from mm. the higher perspective so tell us about this book, Ali, like in terms of just give us, because we're coming to the close now, um, so give us just, because you, you talked about your purpose here on planet Earth, you know, 
why are you here and what are you here to tell people? (laughs) So my purpose is simple, as crazy as it sounds. It is personal and planetary expansion. So my mission is to make people what they were, who they were born to be instead of what the world has made them become. And it's very easy with the infliction of cycles from people around us and the world at large that people change who they are in front of the people that they know and love and strangers that they meet to fit in certain boxes, to look a certain way, to be looked at a certain way, feel a certain way about themselves. But also we notice the cycles that people around us get into when it comes to relationships, often with a parent or a sibling, some relative of some kind, a friend or a colleague, there's a cycle in your relationship that you feel like you can't break free of. Or perhaps you're in a work situation that you feel like you cannot break the cycle and let that go. Some people are in a financial cycle where they're constantly in debt or every time they get a, a sum of money that they could really do something with, they blow it on something ridiculous or addiction, the amount of cycles that we have are insane. So I've actually worked out how we make a cycle. It's so quick and easy, especially when it's fear-based. But working out how a cycle is made was the key to working out how a cycle is broken. And so the way we get stuck in cycles, we have our web of life. And if you've ever heard the concept, it's actually something quite a few people have talked about, like Jack Cornfield, the chicken soup for the soul guy. Deepak Chopra, who's sort of a big, big wig in the meditation industry, um, but he's also an ex-physician himself, a doctor at Mount Sinai. William Shakespeare talked about it. Uh, Million Dollar Habits, Bryant McGill, he talked about the web of life. But it's always been this abstract ideology and it tries to encapsulate the magnitude of threads that make humanity one. And so what the web of life philosophy is, it's the web of life, which is the eight fundamental elements. I've actually made that concept of the web of life a visible, tangible philosophy that anyone can use to understand themselves. Because to me, it's it's not the stuff that we create and make ourselves that's going to evolve humanity. It truly is when we evolve within ourselves, then everything we do, everything we create and everything we are serves humanity best. So in order to make that happen, you need that process of self-discovery. Then you need that process where you recover who you really are versus who you were trained to believe you need to be or who you think you're expected to be, or who you should be, and get that soul to come out, that spirit to come out through that mind and body process. And then you can achieve self-mastery by identifying your cycles, those bugs caught in your web, and breaking those cycles. And that's what the book gets into and my podcast and all the other things I'm going to be doing as well. That sounds very interesting. So where could we find the book? Is it on Amazon? The ebook will be launched shortly. And I believe on the first day, it's going to be 99 cents US just for a day. I think I'll do that. Maybe a week. I don't know. I'm one of those people. 
Um, so I'll keep you posted. But if you want a paperback copy, because that's sort of my jam, I'm old school like that, um, I'll, I'll send you the PayPal link. And it's $29.95 plus postage. But I'd wait for the ebook and get it on the cheap if I was you. <laughs> Kelly, I really love how committed you are to your purpose and how committed you are to your to your passion and you've talked about how hard it is to let go of the old it really really is um i've experienced it myself karen's experienced it in terms of letting go of that old suit that no longer fits that it almost feels like you know our identity and our personality is like this meat suit that um just doesn't fit anymore and we're used to wearing it and so we keep going back to wearing it and what I'm guessing that your book is all about is how to actually let go of that meat suit and really connect with the beautiful soul that we we are at our core. And so your book and your series and everything you're doing for humanity just sounds absolutely um, beautiful. And I honour you for bringing that, for, for doing exactly what you're supposed to do whilst you're here. So thank you so much for that. But we have... One final question. Do you want to ask it, Soul Sister Karen? Sure. So the final question that we ask all of our (laughs) final question we ask all of our guests is what does it mean to you to get real? Because the name of our podcast is Soul Sisters Get Real. So what does get real mean to you? Being a hundred percent authentic to who you are saying what you really feel instead of what you think would come off best, taking off the mask that you think you need to present to even the people closest to you but society and the world at large and telling the truth no matter how hard and ugly it might look and how painful it might be and how vulnerable you might feel for doing it. And thank you for being authentic with us and vulnerable in all of those qualities that you just explained and described. I wouldn't be any other way. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you loved it. And if you did, subscribe to the podcast. We would so love it if you write us a review and share it with your friends. And remember, always connect to your truest essence. And choose love. We'll see you next time.